We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome to Kyolus Coro and another day's broadcasting on Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. This program is broadcast live every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock and it is rebroadcast every Monday morning also at 9 o'clock. Well, our margin big me holo dimide korshis er hail on a scholar a shano dunavon or shlibro in Neshkart Kilkinig. Bling Sakatya, Kapok Geraldine McTavish, Warafakok, Kim Shu, August Egg Sulakt, Egg Common Lucas Gale, Unam Shin, V. Geraldine, Egg Noak, Egg Kauru Ledina, Part at Laka, Sakomen. We may kindly Geraldine Lelin Shaktana, Shakatya, and a spoken Korashin in Aka, a cool domet deg, Teresian air margin show. Magna Skolan Oskal Tedalua, August Tabru Filet, Imlina, August Covid Irem. Big me a kindly column care previewed a school Loretta Ivornaganzi Kikinig, August Big Shay, Leru Doing, on Dulgas Atag, the Montorius, the Scholari, Slanta, a Corcon Keen, and Fidera, and our big me a kindly Dina, Nora Gununacht Haladosa on Mayfair, the Cotter Kilkinig. Well, this morning, Mayhola Dimina, he starts the program, Archaeologist Cora, talking to us about the Irish scholar Sean O'Dullivan from Sleebrew in South Kilkenny. Just over a year ago, the GA appointed Geraldine McTavish as his first National Inclusion and Diversity Officer. Well, since her appointment, Geraldine has been busy engaging with GA units around the country on their responsibilities to promote inclusion and diversity throughout the association. I spoke to Geraldine during the week about her important role in the GA. Well, schools open in two weeks and school principals and staff have been busily preparing for what will be both a challenging and worrying period to ensure everything goes well with the COVID-19 pandemic still at large. I will chat to the principal of Loretta Secondary School on the Granges Road in Kilkenny, Mr Colm Kerr, on how he and his staff are coping getting everything ready for the return of students. And finally, later in the programme, we will continue our series of interviews uh, from the closing day of the Mayfair Ballroom in Kilkenny. Well, Moss Mean, Lattice, Fader, Fogger, Kurkomer, and Ever, 86 353 That's our text line. Always glad to hear from you. Agus Mabrikas to Tony, Agus and Ferdinand, Sam Irie, Chadwick, Stonerik, Don Clarshaw. Grateful to Tony and the team at Sam Irie, Chadwick for their support for this programme. Agus Mabrikas, Deep Shalok Deishtikta, Don Takiok, Don Stashun Show. As ever, we very much appreciate the help of our listeners to keep this station afloat because we're a fully volunteer operation. Well, Anish Mihal Odimide, a kind fee, Sean O'Dulvan. Well, uh, by my kind imagine fein Scalara Moore Gaelga, John O'Donovan, or Sean O'Donovan, uh, son Octohish Deog, uh, Ruguhe, no, son Eohish Deog, Ruguhe in Octiogus Ashe, August Horshi Boss in Octiog Shaskahain, Sheshin, near Evshach, Kerga Kuig, nor Horshi Boss, Ogalor and Farbokt. August Tommy the Crunch me Scalara Grailgadin Kate Scohabahe. August Yoravishe Bio, Niravain Vassar and Grailga, Nirav Moron Dinek Plaila Grailga, Nirav Grailgasm Scullina, Husculina Moron or Fight Marshin, August Arenos Vian Antanga, Vian Grailgadal Lord, Hisi Schlieb Rua, Sun Art Art and Tivor, no Atti Moor, Morad later Aranish. A rugache in Octagus a shame or a germ. So we we are stalker of bear logs grailgage owned leave on. August Kushe goody sculp scart no head school no sculp prevodic to high second. August Dolom she leave Agashkrivan Vela. August Rare Jolov we leave Agashkrivan and a grailgage homa. August and Shindakashi Tamil a dollar scully Bortlarige. So for she idachus to the heart egg, Jack, near Moonoch and Grailgo reeve those are since the goal. Mar, ni vir beamer erin Grailing and Erchers on Trawood in Erling, a gearing bearle, Tokter a mailer, 
binan aim of elation scholar Nagus Bjorganin mathematic Nagus Roddy Marshin. A Koreno is for for our boss Norvisha Ogalor, Akvidrahar Nishine Ekehe Malyartia, Agus Kushe Kubalyartia, Norvisha Niagor, Agus Forshe Rain Skolirton Shen, Agus the Dolom Shan Lagin, Agus Vishe Geshige Dolla Sagartoruk on Orshin. Ach so uh, for uh, John O'Donovan, Brest train all a gorsi nugelga o hardiman. August and Shin in for she post and Shin for Donovan post and Shin. There's an ordinary survey team. Session on survey at ordinary. August visa sonic dull heart a fair and on the balsa faring glare. August we group of wine. August wish they toast in the Veramach, August in the park, and the Ordinary Sorbet on a Mampin and a Leoskal and a Gwing Forest. Ach, we, O'Donovan, we postige, there's an Ryan topographier, the session, we do like Ferkant on a Loganemnucha, and the Hanemnucha, we are on a Balchefaringa. August Kaidan knew a yen of no standardization yen of our son. August an I am a Viaco no. Vida son as Gaelge, ach hastig oha, so is litru on vela coraha. August binan post via ego Jonathan, so the vise dull temple in the hair, no vidina viscularia ella on coma, ach stolum gurbe or Jonathan on dinner behark tea. August virker vehemu is no park and a dull of valia gobalia, August fairconcher. Nadine. <laughs> Be asked by Arago to Kurishach Erigoni. August Rod Bjogus Grishe Fein or Virche Balu Olish Footnot here, August, and the Shindakurkshen Elitrocha Rashkri Balyatlia. August Marshin Ton the Sorve letters are going forward. Tarkon Filesha the Kilkenig, August. Is few a live, Tashikahontuk. I was Rod Bjogoskrishe, a Lero Connison Selvige, Virk Virjakrok Tige, August Virk Kursi Aragas, Gown Galore, August Virk Drollor Shinige, Akshaw Rodeskrishe, Augustashi Felsius and Lower Fakil Hennig. My kid Mila Benacht, Dark Halla on Rower. Or say the Kuranon may gone laughing and on voyage. Session, my thousand blessings to the boatman from the roar. Or say a Kuranon may, he brought me across the river, gone laughing and on voyage, without giving him the halfpenny for the, the, the for the, the the trip and the boat. So we are good going again. We say boat and on voyage and roar. A as Bail our father scream, if you scream, I was Rinche Rain Tarigat or the son. I was on Seher Moor Rinche, now Anola Reacht in a Hern, Leshne Kerimash Street, the Annals of Ireland by the Four Masters. I was 
We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Kyolagas Kora on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. The Niklas O'Brenon. Father Nasky Kyolagas Kora on Margin Show. Well, I'm Blin Shakacha, Kappa Geraldine McTavish, Morgrifagoff, Kim Shu, August Egg Sulacht, a common loot class girl. Well, we may kindly Geraldine Lelina Shakhtan and Shakacha. Well, I'm delighted to be talking to uh, Geraldine McTavish, the GA National Inclusion and Diversity Officer. Uh, a new role that was created uh, not that long ago, but uh, Geraldine has made a, a flying start. And we'll, we'll talk about the role in a moment, but a little bit about yourself, uh, Geraldine. We were talking off air and uh, we have uh, touched on a number of locations ourselves. The two of us have been in common that maybe we didn't know about. But you come from a large family in Karna, in, in Connemara, and obviously Gaelic football and, strange enough, boxing were very much part of your early sporting involvement. So, 
I got up in a small little village called Karna in Connemara. Karna Castle is the GA club and you're usually immersed. I'm the youngest of 14, so all the boys would have laid and, and the girls would have laid as well. And I was lucky enough to be immersed in, in, in a family kind of all playing football, Irish dancing and music. So we were all we all got a taste of it at a very young age. And then before, I suppose the secondary schools as well, we were usually involved in, in basketball and cross-country running. So... I suppose there was always sports in the family, um, but like that, what, I was competing because I was the youngest, I was competing with all the rest who had All-Ireland titles and, and different championship medals, and um, so it was a, a competitive household, um, but mom and dad were hugely involved in the GA in Grand Castle for years, um, and then um, through that, myself and my sister ended up playing for Galway. Um, so we played at, at senior level of going. I, I returned in my 20s to play for junior football and Gaelic football. So we, I suppose the music was always there and the tradition was always there through the family. Um, and then the, the other sports that a lot of people would play in Connemara would be boxing. The other sports would be boxing. So Coleman Clarity, who's a, was a family friend who passed away there last year, he would have been, I suppose, he would have trained an awful lot of Connemara people through different stages of their boxing careers. So he was a good friend of the family. So we all kind of got involved in different aspects of the brother and sister who's a judge. And I never boxed myself, but I would have done the nutrition programs and the kind of warm-ups and cool-downs. Sure, sure. And in terms that... In terms then of, of coming to Dublin, what was uh, what brought you towards the Dublin where you're obviously now living uh, and working? Yeah, so my partner's business, he was doing research in Connemara and he moved from Karna up to Dublin. So his business changed, I suppose the ability changed as well and he does tropical marine and freshwater fish so the company with Seahorse Square and so he moved from, from Karna in Connemara which was a research lab then up to Dublin which became a business Seahorse Square and so he went up for the first two years and then I thought and at the time, I, I had tried to work in the business for about a year, but we, I, I'd be very organized and feeling like doing things certain ways. So worked there for about a year, and then I decided to go back to a fourth science and health degree in IT Tala. And that's where I, I when I moved to Dublin, I suppose that, that was the next career path. I went back and retrained. I suppose that my background was I trained as a special needs assistant and, and an outdoor education instructor. So. When I moved to Dublin, I got the opportunity to go back to college as a mature student, and that kind of took on a life on its own in, in sports science. And the sports science opened the doors into the Gaelic football, a lot of placements and training with Dublin GA and the LGFA as, as a development officer. And then in my final year, I worked with Dublin GA for NGs in Temple Oak. And in terms then of your later career and your current career as Nash, the GA National Inclusion and Diversity Officer, was that a learning experience for you along the way? Because you're obviously when you were in IT Talon, I would know the setup there, having appointed the uh, the games uh, the games promotion officer there, Jerry Anderson. Was that an experience for you that helped you um, kind of form in your own mind how you might deal with the whole inclusion and diversity role in the GA which you're now working on? Yeah, I think what what I would have found from the sports science is like I, I was always sporty and always hugely involved but like I knew I got to the chemistry the, the physics I got to know that the background and the high performance a lot of physical the biomechanics so what it does again it gave me the scientific background to I suppose development and then one of the main major subjects we did was psychology so sports psychology we would have done that for four years so I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person who likes being engaged in sports and being around people and helping people and as a special needs sister since I used to actually adapt programs and training programs for the children I help with children with autism, children with Down syndrome, also children with different abilities. So it, it was it was constantly adapting the sport to suit the, the children I worked with. So a lot of that came together then when I did uh, it was it was a, a complete learning curve and a lot of challenges and stuff that I was supposed to used to and then things that I, I actually had to learn from scratch. So I had to do a lot of work in those four years to get back and when you go back as a mature students as well, you're a bit of the mammy in the class when everybody else is 18. <laughs> so, it, 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 but we worked really well as a group and a lot of those people are still hugely, I suppose, admire and are still in contact with them. They've all gone on to different areas as well. But it was, Cal, it was, it was, it was a huge learning curve, but it also gave me I suppose my network in Dublin, I got to do placements in Dublin through IT Talent. And in terms then of your role now in the GA National Inclusion and Diversity Officer, what were your main kind of ambitions when you come in there? What were the, the challenges that you had to face and uh, and the, the sort of areas that now have become part and parcel of your day-to-day -day work? Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing when I came into, I suppose, the 
is, I suppose I had the background from being a Special Olympic for two and a half years, Ireland Games and World Games, and then the boxing, and previously got Dublin GA. So that kind of gave me grounding coming in to know what was going on at club level. So things like the GA for All program. So taking it all in together and having a strategic plan and focus for the next four years. So the main thing was the GA for All program, which is wheelchair hurling, camogie, and then football for all, which is a tournament that's run in conjunction with the Irish Special School. We work on a lot of those initiatives, like the all-star programs in schools, um, they're inclusive programs, they're also GA camps, which are inclusive as well. So a lot of the programs were there, they just needed extra hand and maybe starting up, a lot of the clubs have started up, um, and then we also had the Responding to Racism workshop and the Gender Diversity as well. So it, it is a, a quite broad area, but it was... Uh, I suppose meeting the needs of what our members were looking for and, and these were the areas they wanted us to focus on. That anybody can come down to GA Club uh, and get take part and be part of the GA family. So that, that's where the GA for All, I suppose, comes from, where its concept comes from. And it is about anybody being able to turn up to the club and being able to uh, join in, be part of the family and also to experience what it's like being part of the GA. Of course. Uh, we've noticed, obviously, in sport, not so the GS hasn't really had a difficulty here, but maybe occasionally, the whole issue of racism in sport, and obviously the whole issue of being able to deal with racism in a, in a club can be a daunting challenge for club members who are maybe not used to what to do here. So your experience in that area is invaluable to the association in guiding members to, to do the right thing. And it is, and, and it is about understanding other cultures and other people, but it's also, I suppose, one of the things that I found from all my family immigrated for work or for college, and it's understanding that families do have to move around and immigrate, but you treat each other the same with kindness. What I found in the GA club is people arrived down here, they met someone or they knew someone, or like that, Geraldine gave them an introduction to the under-14 captain and the membership, the registration, you to register. So a lot of people come to the club and they just don't know who told you or they might have a friend or they, they might need someone. So it's it's also being able to say that someone you come into the club, they might not know who, who to speak to, who's the chairperson, who's the coach, who do I need to register with, all these little things that we, for granted, we know already. And then there is the issue of education around what is acceptable, appropriate behaviour. And there is an, an awareness campaign about responding to racism and also homophobia. Just words that are used in terminology and, and that's a whole education piece. And it is about saying to people, I don't know, but I'll find out. And there, there is that of, of the terminology that we might have used maybe 20 years ago is no longer in use. And, and the society has changed. We're in a very different Ireland today than the Ireland I grew up in. You now walk the streets of Kilkenny or Dublin or any rural area. You're seeing people from different nationalities, different backgrounds. And they are the now the, the new Ireland. I mean, we've seen, obviously, high-profile players like uh, Zach Moradi, the Leitrim hurler. But that is the Ireland we have today and that's what's about that's the inclusiveness part I presume of what you're trying to uh, drive home to people Yes and, and the understanding is that the simple story of Zach or Bodu or any of the Arbona or Lincha, any of those who've come to me who, who've been in this country since they were children have different stories and have been here since they and this is home to them. Ireland is their home and it is about understanding that a lot of our families did emigrate and they made different countries their home but they were accepted in their home and it's the same to do with Ireland, is that we are a community, and when we do support the community, you see it, you see very much so. But it, it is about, I suppose, terminology, different cultures. We have a lot of different cultures, and, and what sometimes what the media can portray in different images can come across really negative. But it is about you going and asking the questions. There always is that little bit of fear of different ethnicities and different nationalities because we haven't been exposed to them or haven't been around them. A simple question to ask maybe Nikki and to ask anyone is in your five best friends can you can you name a person from a different country and, and if you can't well then you haven't exposed yourself it is such a change because I, I know that one of our primary schools here in Kilkenny City, I think in the school alone there's probably 17 nationality, nationalities and that's a prominent uh, GA school so it does show how life has changed in Ireland and the need for everyone in the GA and particularly to, uh, to, to be conscious of the fact they need to consider these are, our, these are our colleagues, these are our fellow citizens now. Exactly and it is about our identity as Irish as we are like I'm a fluent Irish speaker, I love my culture, I, I'm, I'm a proud Irish woman 
and, and I, I love what what bring to the table, but it is also having that strong sense of identity that you can also be open to other cultures and other identities and be a friend. It, it doesn't mean you have to accept everything or believe in everything that they do or what they, their culture is, but it is about just being that person who maybe introduces them down to the GA club or being that person. That, that, and we do it very, very well. As, as an Irish nation, we do it very well. And it is about education. It is about trying to, I suppose, people to different cultures and different nationalities. And we've seen, we've seen it through all the programs and initiatives that we have run in the GA. We've seen a, a really, really strong bond become between cultures. And when we go abroad, that's where you see a lot of, like, I think a lot with uh, Tony Bass there in, in the Gaelic Europe. And they've, they've found that they're a minority force in other countries. And they've said, well, well people like coming to them and different, they're starting to learn. And our world games is another a stepping stone and to see how much impact yeah, as a nation have on other sure. nations. And they want to be part of our sport. Talk to us about the GA National Inclusion Fitness Day, which we've been, uh, we've got some correspondence on on the 23rd of September. What, what you're hoping clubs will do there, Geraldine? Yeah, GA National Inclusion Fitness Day is what we're doing is we're opening up the GA club, like our law in the club now, like the days that we've had before and given taster sessions to club both the community. And what clubs are, are being asked to do is sign up to a, a registration online. Then they're signing up to the sports inclusion and charter that has come from CARA, which is an inclusion organisation from Sport Ireland. And they actually promote inclusion across the whole of Ireland. The third thing then we're just asking is that they, they run an initiative, they run a GA game, they run a rounders, a handball, a GA sport in their club. Now we are very mindful of the COVID and the HSC and all the guidelines and some counties have come back to me and said we've been closed down at the moment. So there, there is that understanding is that if we can't do it on the 23rd, they're coming back to just publicise on their Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. So they're trying to just make it an awareness that they want to be part of it. And then the final thing is we're just asking everyone to, to hashtag GA, GA where we all belong. And that they actually get a, a certificate at the end that they're an inclusive club, that they, they've opened it up to the community, like, as I said, age, sexual orientation, ethnicity, their nationality, and uh, people with disabilities. So they've opened up the club for a day. I suppose it's, it's okay that they, they are a club of inclusive who spend the time, I suppose, the volunteers, or members, they spend an awful lot of time in the club and it has become the community hub for a lot of the rural communities and even the city communities and that's where everybody meets and congregates and it is about having that, I suppose, identity but they're already doing that, I, I, even from being in the role just in the last year, club level and grassroots level is where we're seeing a huge amount of inclusivity and we actually have Middleton Magpies in court, Gillian Fitzgerald is up for the active European Week of Sport the active awards that just showcases where the GA is already that they're 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 at that level where being recognised European and internationally for the work they're doing at club level. Listening to you talk about it there before we finish is uh, I'm d- see hearing so much enthusiasm in your voice there for it. You're obviously enjoying. You're in the role over a year now. You're obviously enjoying it. It is your section, of course. The work is all part of the GA um, healthy club community that's in Croke Park, so it's all tied into that, which we'd be familiar with here in Kilkenny. But there's obviously plenty the Jay is doing to engage with local communities of all diversity. It is, there is, I suppose, where I this is in the community and health department, by, uh, who's uh, managed by Colin Regan, and, and through that whole area, the flagship program is the Healthy Club program. And through that program, we've seen a community base, but also people who maybe not have played GA before, but have come in to help run these initiatives, run the inclusion initiatives, they've run no smoking initiatives, they've run the drug programs, they've run all these different initiatives that are part of the Healthy Club initiative. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing more and more people want to be part of the whole idea. They might not play, but they can take part and, and be, I suppose, be in the club and of be course, supportive yeah. to the other members. So we are seeing a huge change in, I suppose, it was once upon a time all about sport and about the game. The game has developed and, and variety has developed. So we're, we're seeing it broadened out. And it is about putting good foundation and, and club level is where we start. And Sure. Wings to fly, you know. There's a, there's a lot of uh, really good creative 
hard working people in the clubs who are spearheading the healthy club program. Well, we'll finish maybe just on a personal note. You said in a, an interview that you were playing at Cedar Level for Round Towers with your 18 year old daughter was a highlight of your life. So tell us about that moment because that is, must have been something you cherished very much. Having grown up with Gaelic football in Karna in Galway to be playing with your daughter with Round Towers in Dublin, that must have been a thrill and a half for a mum. Yeah, well, that one of the things that I will be in one of those memories that you take forever and it goes you're not too sure if your own children will follow in your foot but I've been blessed that my daughter decided to play football and stay with the sport she played Dublin under 14, 16 and minors let's be involved in that and, and be part of that and see her excel in her sport but that day we played in Rantaris sometimes we don't realise how much our, our, our family I suppose put side and some of the times when you're out on the GA pitch all the time or you're at a football game every weekend you don't realise your family are becoming part of it so yeah I think it was one of the, the, the most poignant memories I ever had of her playing beside me and and I think that a credit to her and a credit to the GAA is that it, it became our family we moved from small little rural community in, in Karen and Connemara to Dublin and we didn't have friends that our family in Dublin when we moved and um, but my partner's family in Port Murray so a GA club became my family and they supported us and I think that's why Van Towers is, is where we made our friendships and where we made our networks and yeah do you take it with you wherever you go I think that's Absolutely. Geraldine, look, thanks very much. It was a pleasure chatting to you this afternoon and good luck in your role. And it's a, it's a hugely important role in this day and age. You're obviously thriving in it and wish you well for the future in it. Thank you, McKean, and thanks to the listeners as well. And they need to contact me. I'm in the Green Team Health Department, and my email is just Geraldine Mactavish at GA.ie. Geraldine, great to talk to you. Yeah, the mission, Geraldine Mactavish. If I got Kim Shu, August 6th, so locked the coming to class we are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Kyolagas Kora on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Lenicklas <laughs> Thank you very much, Nikki. Delighted now, to, to be, talk to you this morning. Thank you very much, Yeah, And look, at it's, uh, it's such a long time since the school opened. Now, I think it's fair to say that you and your teacher colleagues, you have been obviously working extremely hard. I, I know what teachers have been going through in recent times. Uh, it's, it has been holidays of a difference this time around. Yeah, absolutely. So we're nearly up on six months since the school closed back on the 12th of, of March. So it's, it's been a very, very strange time indeed for schools and for teachers. And you're absolutely right. You know, our teachers worked so hard really during that period from the first of March right up to up to June. It was you know, it was about finding new ways of delivering uh, teaching and learning during that period and that, that involved them really recreating uh, you know, every aspect of how they how they do that, you know. So that was that was very busy and, and I suppose now since then we've been in the, the phase of reimagining school and how it could work in the context of the COVID restrictions and it's been, been very busy for us too. And of course, it's understandable, of course, that both teachers and pupils, they'll have mixed feelings about returning to school. They'll be, many will be glad to be back and all will be glad to be back, but there'll be a nervousness about it, and which is very understandable. Yeah, so it's a change of circumstances and I know uh, there's been an opportunity for people to, to, to put dip the toe in the water, but, you know, they'll be engaging in certain things whether like through sport. Uh, you know, we're going back into shops and, and getting used to kind of doing things in a different way. Um, and, but school is different again because, you know, it's a large group of people um, congregating the school building. And I think what's very important for, for people to see is that, you know, while you know, there might be one set of procedures for a shop, another set of procedures for the commoting club or whatever, that there has to be an, a, another set of procedures for a school to make it work. I, I imagine in a, a large school like yourself, and, and yours is a huge school of nearly, I don't know how many, is it nine or thousand pupils? Oh, we're up to the thousand. Thousand, thousand that's what yeah. I thought, around the thousand pupils, mm. which is a, a huge, huge school by any understanding. Obviously, your whole staff, they are, they are currently going through various training in new process and new procedures that you never thought 12 months ago you would have to consider. No, that's true. And, and uh, you know, while we have the big numbers, we're, we're very, very lucky at as you know, even with five years ago or six years ago, we had a, a significant um, extension, which 
has made things very manageable, very blessed to have that. And uh, but you know, literally we've, we've gone through every single classroom, measured out the rooms, uh, measured the desks, uh, making sure that we're able to uh, facilitate the one meter social distancing that's required in schools. And uh, it's literally room by room and stripping out furniture to to be closer and put furniture in the storage. But you know, and I would like to say, I suppose we, we like to be critical of government from time to time, but. You know, we, we have been provided with fantastic resources to, to make it possible. And I think well, there the may be anxiety people should be at ease that, you know, we're not wanting for uh, PPP, PPE equipment or extra cleaning. We've been given allowance for allowing for extra cleaning during the school day. And uh, any of the minor works that we've had to do, uh, you know, has, has been, been funded through the department. And uh, we're very grateful for that. And we're, we're making the best possible use out of those extra resources. And when your pupils return in the next, well, just over a week or so's time, I mean, they're going to find a very different in, environment. And I suppose it's one, I suppose, that you have to work on them psychologically as well to make sure they're not stressed out because of this new environment. And, they you know, they were probably used to being walking around the corridors at, at break time or out in the yard or out in the field. And th- there'll, be, there'll be limitations there that, that they'll have to just get, it'll, it'll be, we'll call it the new normal. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's a it's new normal, but it's, it's, it's the starting point for us. And it is, you know, Loretto, I, I, I love the atmosphere in the school at break times and lunch times, and you get, a, you know, the, the, the buzz and the excitement of the class and that between classes is great. Um, and, you know, the, the reality is it will be different for the students when they come back. And, uh, you know, they, they won't be able to congregate with the, the big numbers they'll be used to. And, uh, you know, so it will be different. And as, as you see, you know, a, 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 a one of the main functions of a school, I suppose, is to care for and look after the well-being of our students. And uh, we're just very conscious that they're coming back, obviously, after a long period. Because for some of them, I think I think probably it's safe to say that the majority will be looking forward to that and sort of looking forward to meeting up with their friends and, and be back into kind of a normal routine. But for others, that there will, will be anxiety. You know, they've been away for so long. Um, and we're, we're very focused on that to make sure that we reintegrate our students into school life. How do you manage things like access to lockers now, things like that? How will you cope with things like that? Yeah, well, well straight enough, Nikki, you can say there won't be access to lockers. And, uh, you know, so that's going to be a big change of routine for students. Um, it would be impossible, as you can imagine, if you have four deep lockers and the strip of, you know, maybe 30 or 40 strips in a row, that causes a, a massive congregation in normal circumstances. So we, we've literally, we've had to shut down access to our lockers. Um, now, to help students manage that, we've introduced a one-hour timetable, which means all the lessons will be one hour long. And this, one of the effects of that is that you have only six periods per day, which means that students would have to prepare for six rather than nine lessons, which means carrying less books around, etc. Sure. And what about things like lunch breaks, canteen and all that? How will that, how will that come? Yeah, so, so we've temporarily closed down a canteen. We're going to review that. Uh, through the month of September, so we, we won't have canteen facilities uh, to start off. We just, I suppose, first of all, we want to get comfortable with the new normal, as you say, and then see how we can how we can manage a socially distanced canteen and all of that. So basically, we, you know, we'll be expecting our, our students to bring their own lunch with them, uh, and and they will be assigned to classrooms for lunch within within their pods. And how will how will the teachers? Because you know, all big schools, teachers have their own room where they prepare for classes and also mm. can sit down and, and take a break. How, how will that? How will you cope with that? Yeah. So again, like in normal, in normally the way we set up, uh, teachers are assigned their own and they can have the resources. We we've had to flip that for our, our new plan, which means that our teachers will be going around and moving around, and for obvious reasons to limit the the, the movement of our students. And again, we've. We, we have, uh, you know, we have given zones to each year group, uh, so that that would be a big change for teachers and they'll have to adapt to that and uh, not, not you know, have to manage their own resources rather and bring them around to classrooms or prepare a little bit, a little bit differently. Um, likewise, the staff room, we've got to completely reconsider the, the, uh, the arrangement of our staff room. You know, we've been around 80, 80 staff teachers and um, you know, so so we've 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 had to to, to uh, add an additional room there as well. Most of, the t- most of the time when I'm talking to you is in the context and your staff is in the context of uh, Camogie and Camogie's success. What's the expectations around PE and sport uh, going forward? I mean, we obviously we're not sure what competition, if there will be competitions, but what's your own expectation that might be? 
Mentioning school transport, I suppose it's probably one of the things when you do get back to school, you might see more parents bringing their children to school, might want them on a bus, so it's going to make the Granges Road even busier than it was, and nothing you can do about that, in fairness to you, Colm. Yeah, and, and look, I've I, I had sympathy for, for Buff Aaron as well, because this is a very late, late announcement for them to, to, have, to uh, have to deal with, and, and uh, it's going to be a big challenge for them. I, I do know they had extra cleaning routines in place, that the, the, the buses would be cleaned thoroughly inside uh, between each. Um, so look, that that is going to be a challenge, and uh, you know we are encouraging parents to explore other options of of of, of getting their their daughters to school, whether whether it's the, the old fashioned walking to school where that, where that works for some people, uh, and you know we'd be hoping to to, to minimise the, the 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 use of. Uh, the, the use of the car I suppose and, and the, the traffic situation on sure. the road. and I suppose before I let you go obviously in the unfortunate circumstances where somebody is not feeling well of course you've had to put you have to have contingencies in place to deal with that as well and that's another headache if you could put it that way that you as principal and your staff have to uh, put up with yeah and it's about I suppose confidence in the situation we have a good protocol in place to, to deal with if there is a, a student with suspected uh, COVID symptoms uh, and and they will be looked after, and and uh, obviously there'll be cleaning protocols after that as well. So look, it's it's it, it, it's all worked out, and the protocols are there. You know, and I'm, I'm I'm confident that we'll be we have the resources, I suppose, to deliver on the plan that's been that's been laid down by by the Department of Education. So look, I'm, I'm confident it'll work, uh, Nikki, and and we we really look forward to getting back as a school community even if it's not precisely the way that we would like it to be but uh, I, I think it would be a great thing to get the schools open again Yeah well look at Colm I'd like to wish you well and your colleagues I know what all teachers are going through with my own background um, family background uh, it's mm. been an enormous busy time for you all in recent times and I know there's a, there is definite stress in terms of what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks but the preparations are being done very well and very professionally and I'm very confident that uh, you'll overcome any obstacles that are there and there is a bit of learning I suppose over the first couple of weeks to be honest about it isn't there? Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think we're we're taking the approach where we're, we're working in the early few weeks. We're going to take it as simple as possible. We're, we're going to, to to try. You know, we're not going to be overly ambitious in terms of what we can achieve. And the, the the primary aim is to get people back into school, to get teaching and learning happening in in classrooms. And uh, you know, if if we can, like the the canteen example, for you know, if if we can kind of move move forward in, in a safe way. But we're we're on the side of caution because we want this to work. Absolutely. Colm, thank you for your time this morning. I do appreciate you talking to us. Gormagad. Gormagad. Yeah, the Vashin, Colm Karen Previda on Skull Loretta, born a Ganjaki Kilkenny. Well, Tashi Om done PCK All Show. Well, Tommy the Dollar Ashkadi on Mayfair. Don Law Derek on Mayfair, August on Ogilvy Gomle, Dina Avion. Margaret Pierce, you told me that you met your husband Tom here, and I, we, I, we know Tom, God rest him well. Tell me about meeting here in the Mayfair. The Black Aces were playing the night that, you, that we met here, and we used to have great times coming here to the Mayfair afterwards, and we'll have a lot of good memories of it. Yeah, and any other bands apart, the Black Aces obviously were local, but tell me about some of the other bands, the big bands around the country. Morris Mulcahy and Mick Delahunty was another And uh, we, was, was, was Tom and yourself good dancers? Not great. But it didn't matter, you still enjoyed yourself. We still enjoyed every bit of it. And when you used to come here on Sunday nights? 
on Sunday nights, yeah, yeah. Uh, and any night there was a dance in it, we always came and we enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, okay, did all your friends come here as well? All, all the hospital crowd came, to, we all came together. Yeah, and did you have a kind of a, a group in the hospital that used to follow the different bands and that? Yes, yeah. yeah. And was, did depart from the Mayfair, did you head off any other place? Uh, we used to, went to, uh, down to Tramore, uh, the dream. Yeah, the dreamland was in the tide. Yeah, we went there yes. once or twice. Yeah. And we went on bicycles and we thumbed. Yeah, very good. Well, I suppose as you walk around here today, you know, it is very nostalgic for yourself because Tom God Rested is no longer with us. So it must bring good memories to you. It does, yeah. yeah. Lovely talking to you. December morning All the kids of the world Were wondering what toys Santa might bring Marion Dalton Now Marion, what's your, um, your memories here? Because obviously I know you very, very well uh, What's your memories here yourself and maybe Joe? God rest them Oh sure, all the good nights we had here and yours and, and the band, tell me the, the bands that you enjoyed the most together. I Jim Reeves, the Royal Show Band. Yeah. Were you both here the night Jim Reeves were here? We were. Tell me, tell me about that because it was a huge crowd. I remember. But see, oh, there were, by the time we got to here, you could hear it. And Michael sitting on these places, the, the singing was really terrific, you know, really loud. We could take it all in. We thought we'd never make the Mayfair further for to listen to because he's a lovely, lovely singer. You'd listen, listen to him forever. And obviously you used to come here regularly every Sunday night? Yes, every Sunday night without fail. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, we'd go to Three Castles and make our way in here then to the Mayfair. Yeah. A lot of people used to do that. I know people come from Ballyfile and Three Castles. Yeah. It was a great energy to do so much dancing. We had all our We couldn't be kept off the floor. And what about work then on Monday mornings? No bother. No bother. <laughs> John. Tell me, tell me your memories here. Well, uh, my memories here, Nicky, was 55 years ago, coming down here with your late Uncle Joe Dalton and these two lovely ladies on each side of me. 55 years ago, and on the same year, a month between us, we married the, four, the two ladies. So I'm bringing the other, with four, four, four sisters here now, and I'm bringing them in. I had to pay at the door, which is a good thing, because I wouldn't have been able to afford it. But yeah, I have some great memories. I haven't been here that often because we were based in Dublin, but we came down here uh, religiously, and your uncle had a little cream-coloured Austin car, and four of us with great difficulty would fit into it on the way home to Ballyhenrigan, and uh, there were some shenanigans going in that car, which I'm not going to tell you anything about, but <laughs> we had a great time. But can you recall, John, uh, some of the bands that were here at the time that you had a fondness for yourself? No, because I didn't get me that often, and the band was never uh, uh, very important to me, you know. Uh, Sadie was very good. I was a good old shaker of a dancer myself, so as long as the band kept reasonably good time, and we enjoyed ourselves. So uh, I have no memories. I, I've never heard for the big bands because uh, they were midweeks sometimes, and we couldn't make it down to Dublin, but... Uh, we had a good time here. Good time. Sadie. Uh, Sadie Brennan, Cannon now. You, Sadie, Sadie, your memories here of, uh, of the Mayfair? Mayfair was uh, great dancing, great bands, Dicky Rock and all those good bands. And um, T.D. Purcell, God rest his soul, he was one of the great dancers and we were all waiting for him to come along and ask us out to dance, even though he was a cousin. But we still wanted to dance with them all the time, you know. And uh, lots of other memories of. Dance. And talk to me about coming in from uh, Bally Hendrick in direction. Yeah, well, we came in like Joe Dalton picked us up a lot of the time now, you know, in his little yellow, his little cream car it was. And um, Marion and uh, John and myself and himself used to go here and there. But you were fairly crammed into that car. Well, we were, yeah, but it was, it was, that was all the best. I said, <laughs> that was all the best. So it was, you know, we enjoyed it anyhow. And we're delighted to have somebody to give us a lift, otherwise, we wouldn't have got. In. Yeah, and as, tell me if you, your favourite bands of the time then, Sadie. Would be um, Dicky Rock and um, the, the Royal Show Band and um, Black Aces. There was oh, a lot of a lot of bands now that were. As I say, I don't know what was favourite. Yeah, but there was huge crowds coming in those days, weren't there? Well, absolutely, yeah, and fighting on the steps. The lads fighting on the steps about women. That was another thing that they used to do. Fist fights. 
fistfights different to what they're doing now, you know? Yeah, and they were fighting over which woman they would be getting. Well, yeah, yeah. Somebody else would have taken them maybe on them, the one they had their eye on all night and danced with them all night and then she go off with somebody else, you know, so that was the fights. That didn't go down too well? No, it did not. Oh, no. And what about then the, the fellas on one side of the room and the girls on the other? Yeah, that's that, right. that, that was, a, yeah. that's a, not just a Mayfair, of course, but that was traditional in those days. That was all over, yeah, and... Um, You'd be wishing that somebody, a good dancer, would come across. You didn't really mind about wanting to go home with the brand, as long as she was a good dancer. <laughs> and get a good dance off him, you know, so that was it. What are your memories? Uh, coming here on a Friday night and a Saturday night, I walked up the street and a gang of us used to come down every Friday night and Saturday night down for the dance and watch for the nice dances and watching the good dancers. We used to dance with all the good dancers. And were you a good dancer? I love dancing. Yeah. Love dancing. Yeah, yeah. And was there any type of a dance that you liked more than another? Waltzing maybe? Waltzing, yeah, but um, rock and roll was good too. Yeah, we, we really did a lot of that at that time. It is. And did you have particular bands that you preferred more than others? Dickie Rock, well, mostly Larry Cunningham. We loved Larry Cunningham coming. Dickie Rock was him. We were, we were here tonight. Jim Reeves was here too. Yeah. That was a huge crowd here that night. I've met a lot of people today who were here actually that yeah, night. Yeah, that was some nice. It was a great night. And did he perform well? He did, he did, of course. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Teresa, do you have memories? I have great memories. I was, uh, I was the baby of the family. So, um, and I used so to you were being brought by your older sisters? So I used to watch them getting dressed to go and I thought I'd never get a chance to go myself. So they were coming at the end of the, the Mayfair. And uh, I really enjoyed it. You'd meet all your relations here and the whole lot and you'd have a great old crack in it. But uh, we'll say, I thought it was the best way of socialising because you could go down and have a cup of tea or a cup of uh, a drink as well. We'll say a 7-Up or whatever at the time. And I mean, we all uh, could chat and we got to know an awful lot of people that way and that's how we, we met our partners. Yeah, and uh, did you meet your partner here? I did, yes. Yeah, can you recall? Oh, fair enough. Okay, well that's fair enough. But but um, obviously the Mayfair door has fun memories for before you both. Every weekend it used to be great to come here. So it was. It was kind of the social part of your life, really, that you did come to the Mayfair because you knew all your friends were here and you were going to have a great night at it. And were people talking about it during the week? What band was coming up and talking about how good the band played afterwards? They were, yes. The, they used to really enjoy some of the bands that were coming, you know. But we'd say for me. Uh, I didn't mind what band was here because every one of them were great. Yeah. They were great entertainings. Did you have any anyone that you preferred more than other? Well, I used to like Margot an, an awful lot. So I did. When she'd come here, I'd love her. You know, but uh, Margot used to go to Orlandford an, an awful lot. So we'd say we went around. We'd say dancing everywhere. So we did. But as I said, the Mayfair was the real place that you met everyone. And it was great. Thank you, Teresa. Listen, thanks everybody. Thanks, folks. Yeah, Shindina, we gaggle by kind lumps, uh, Mayfair. Well, Shindar is in Clarendon Law and Yuma Week, it's a Sam Harry Chadwick. I was a Dean of Air in Clara Magin Shock, Steve Shalok Dishin, Fanigilig Magta, and Tahar Billy Spursal, a chocolate spiritual life to race in Nukta, August Big Akrel on Clara Shaw, Erin Luna, Renee Tlogody, and Saharan Shakuing, Slan August Bannock, Okiologus Cora. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.